Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations, I'm Audley Stevenson, and I'm back for another edition of Hands Down, the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and it doesn't matter if you're a first-time listener or viewer, uh, or you're coming back, I appreciate you for taking a moment out of your day to join us as we continue our ongoing goal of helping you live your best audacious life ever. Uh, As always, I encourage you to connect with us through our social media channels. Uh, We're on Twitter and Instagram under the handle, The Audacious Pod. And then if you head over to Facebook, you type into the search engine, The Audacious Living Podcast, you'll, you'll find us there as well. And if you happen to be watching this on our YouTube channel, if you tap the notification button down below, you can immediately subscribe to us on YouTube. So uh, lots of ways to stay connected. And I'd encourage you to like, follow, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, uh, you know, do what we can to keep the good audacious vibes flowing and keep that conversation moving as part of this community. Now, um, we're dedicating this particular episode of the podcast to the emerging field of compassionate leadership. And I say emerging because it's still something that, you know, look, most people can uh, probably understand and relate to it. But there still seems to be a bit of a gap when it comes to actually putting it in practice on a regular or or consistent basis. Uh, We all know how much uh, the the workplace landscape has changed in the last 18 months or so. And I think because of those changes, it's, it's important now more than ever before that leaders find ways to connect to the people that they lead. And quite frankly, there are very few tools at their disposal that can have the same lasting impact that compassion does. Joining me on the podcast to further this conversation of compassion and and increase our knowledge and understanding is Laura Burland and Evan Harrell, who are founders of the Center for Compassionate Leadership. Now, the, the center was essentially founded as a way of advancing this new way of leading in the world. And, and again, we're doing so uh, with compassion being our, our first foot forward. You know, when we exercise compassion towards others, we're, we're, we're seeing the humanness that exists inside of them and we're recognizing, you know, recognizing other people for who they exactly are. You know, we're showing kindness, we're showing love, we're building com- connection. And that's what compassion does and you know when you look at the work of the center it sort of brings all the wisdoms and learnings and expertise all together under one hub 
and then shares it with other people. So it's really exciting to have Laura and Evan expand further on, on the work of the center. Uh, I think uh, they should be commended to, for, for a fantastic job. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity to maybe, this is where I pause uh, and give you an opportunity to learn from this, learn about the Center of Compassionate Leadership uh, with Laura and Evan. So without any further ado, enjoy our conversation. Let's go, right? How's that sound? Absolutely. And 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 I've seen your uh, some of your your conversations and they're beautiful and I've been looking forward to talking to you. So this is going to be fun. And thank, he's not alone. Thank well thank thank you the two, the two of you. I um when I, when I when I sat down December of 2020 with this kind of void thing about what I wanted to do with myself and I thought about podcasting because I've you know it felt comfortable to me. Um, the whole idea of talking about something that mattered and that was important to me. And I'm sure you probably can relate to this as well. The two of you, um, that's what was driving me. And that's where I get my energy and uh, my passion from. I just, you know, I think the topic is a fabulous one and uh, I, I enjoy it immensely. So thank you. And whatever you see, it is just me excited for the opportunity to talk about what I love talking about. So on that note, um, we will start off and I want to welcome both of you to the Audacious Living podcast. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time um, talking about things such as boldness and audacity and, uh, you know, living your best life and going out and impacting the world in such a positive way. And, and when we talk about impacting the world, it's really how we interact and connect with people. That's, that's the way I view it. And quite frankly, uh, one of those key elements in connecting with people is compassion. Because compassion shows the humanist side. Uh, you're, you're recognizing that other individual uh, for the humanist that, the humanness that exists inside of them. Uh, and, and that's why it makes so much sense for you to hear be here to talk about the work of, of the Center of Compassionate Leadership. So perhaps, Laura, as a starting point, since you are the founder, if you perhaps could uh, uh, sort of open up our, our listeners' understanding into the work of the Compassionate Leadership and, and, uh, and, and, and sort of how we got here. <laughs> We're human, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> We're human. And um, I, I just want to reflect what a, a beautiful sort of pre-conversation we had is humans who had never met each other before, but immediately we found joy in laughter, in appreciating each other in like a split second. And that is such a powerful uh, capacity that we have as human beings. And in fact, compassion is an innate capacity we all have, we're born with, and yet our sort of social conditioning and the, the wonderful society we live in now right. sort of yeah. dims it down, right? Presses right. it below right. the surface. And so, so many of us are struggling and surviving and running and dealing with fear and uncertainty that we don't allow these more uh, human aspects, not that those things aren't human, they're very much a part mm -hmm. yep. of being yep. human, yep. but these more joyful aspects of humanity come forward. Um, so what the uh, Center for Compassionate Leadership strives to do 
is offer a, sort of a global hub for this emerging community of compassion advocates okay. that we find all over the globe. It really is remarkable. We've done some global gatherings with people from over 40 countries. And I am continually um, just so humbled by all the people that are carrying this mantle forward as a way to help us heal the world i mean we do live in a world that needs some serious yes. healing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on all dimensions yeah. Yeah. and this is one path that allows us to really connect as you said to relate to each other and to respond to the suffering that that we see all around us and to respond in ways that don't um negate the what is real and negative in life, but yep. also what allows us to take action and move forward yes. with with love in our right. lives. So, so that's the the opening shot. Over to you, host. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's really interesting because I think all of those things are the starting points to any sort of great accomplishments. If we want to achieve anything together. That 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 connection piece is it, it's it's got to start there and and Evan I want I want to jump over to you because uh, you you sent me a very nice message on LinkedIn uh, that tied into sort of one of the foundational principles of this podcast that really uh, emphasizes recognizing the greatness that lies in other people uh, mm. we can't do that. Right. And, and, and until we're open to being compassionate, to being able to see, like go back to the open state, I mean, you know, seeing the humanness in, in others. One of the one of the real paradoxes of seeking to achieve is that what we end up doing is trying to set ourselves apart, mm -hmm. which can end up being in many ways a, um, a, a lonely path. We want to achieve. We want to do good things. We want to be in action and we need to be doing it in connection to each other. Yes, it is. It is. It is. The, it is the way we are. It is, is the way we connect. We are. We are. Um, we're naturally um, connect um, relational human beings. Yes. And I mean, as Laura said, compassion comes innately. Young children less than few younger than two years old yep. display compassion. And so. We have to find ways that we can we can do what we're doing in relation and recognize that we all share very basic common desires. We all want to be safe. We all yep. want to be happy. Yep. And we're all acting in ways that we think will lead to our safety and think will lead to our happiness. And I can say that I think there are a lot of people who are doing harmful acts. But if we really think in, in caring ways, in connectional ways, if we are able to try to connect to them in ways where we really recognize that it's all coming from the same place, which is our humanity. Yeah. And it, it, it's, um, it's hard to understand. It's a little bit crazy that this is the way we are. And this is the way we are. We're, yeah. you know, we're not going to change that. Yeah. I, I just love the idea of putting the emphasis back on us 
like, like moving yes. away from all the other things in the world that maybe uh, distracted us or diverted us or sent our attention elsewhere and focus back on, on us in the manner in which we connect. And, and, and Laura, you mentioned uh, earlier about it being an emerging field. And I, and I think that's really interesting because gone are the times where, I mean, and I don't, I, you know, I'm thinking within the context of leadership or, or even in the workplace where you had this command and control kind of mentality where, where I, I, not, not to say that's totally gone, but I don't think that is pervasive to the, the degree that perhaps it once was. And given the, the, the current landscape with the, the pandemic and, you know, companies are now putting more emphasis on work-life balance as an example and really looking, okay, so, you know, we got people working from home, you know, what do we need to make them comfortable? Do we want to come back to the, because a lot of people don't want to go back to the office anymore. We want to stay at home. They're enjoying that. So the, the idea of, of it being emerging, I think is really a fascinating piece because once upon a time, we couldn't have said that, could we? Exactly. And the power of what we're learning from science mm -hmm. in the last 20 years that merges with and also affirms so much traditional wisdom that has been carried forth yeah. from the earliest times of our species. So now we have evidence and evidence sometimes is exactly what leaders need to sort of open their eyes and get a wake-up call, if not the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which was certainly um, a, a sea change, I think, in the way that people started to really value the humans that work within their organizations and the relationships that these humans have outside of the office yes. and this line between work life and home right. life, of right. course, has been dissolving as well as this um, separation, I think, that we've all sort of marched forward with, which is I have an inner life, but my outer life is sort of my public identity. And I'm not going to share my inner life except with my most you know, intimate family and friends. And that too is dissolving because we all recognize the power of our emotions and how they impact us at work um, and the need to be vulnerable and safe. As Evan said before, safety is just one of these fundamental things that as a human being, we need to respond to each other. So think about any office environment yep. where I didn't feel safe or I was being evaluated, let's say. I mean, evaluation, even alone, evaluation re research shows will trigger people, especially people who've had traumatic experiences in the past. And uh, most of us in life have had some kind of traumatic experience, whether, you know, people talk about little T and big T trauma, right. you know, trauma can, can manifest in many ways and we are all affected in, in very substantial ways. So we need to seek safety yeah. and uh, the ability of leaders to mm -hmm. sort of create environments of safety, connection and belonging 
is really what our work and the work in the field of compassionate leadership is all about. Got you. Got you. I, I'm, I'm curious, Evan, what was the conversation? Like, you're the co-founder, right? So, I mean, officially we've got the founder and co-founder. What were the conversations like between the two of you as you were talking about going down this path and journey? Was there much, uh, uh, I was going to say convincing, but well, I'm curious what, what, that look, what that dialogue looked like between the two of you. Well, it's um, the dialogue is shaped or was shaped or no, it is shaped by our, our respective um, experiences, our respective life histories. Laura uh, has spent decades in the, in the, in the new media field. Mm. Um, she was uh, 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 there really very early on as the internet was exploding, has had a big uh, um, experience in, in new media agencies and in uh, right. podcasts. Um, I came from from the investment world and then moved into the nonprofit world. Okay, uh, I have a business background with an MBA. So the the two of us, when we have these conversations, it's actually really rich because we're each coming at it from a different point of view. And when we are able to recognize that we we're, we're seeing this from different angles, and because we are, we're seeing different things it can come together really nicely. So for compassionate leaders, it's the same thing, right? You've got a group of people who yes. have all sorts of different life experiences, yep. all sorts of different points of view, open your ears and listen. They have something to tell you. Yes. You can learn. And so this is what uh, is really, I think the challenge for many leaders research shows that, uh, as leaders rise in the ranks, they rise because of their emotional intelligence. But as they get to the highest levels, all of a sudden, things change. Mm -hmm. People start telling them what they want to hear. <laughs> they start believing their own press releases. Yes. And guess what? They stop learning. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's, 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 you know, tragic pride. It's hubris. It's, 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 you know, it, it's a tr great tragedy writ large. Yeah. So it's, um, we work <laughs> to hear each other's different perspectives. Yeah. And I think that's a critical skill for compassionate leaders. Yeah. I mean, perspective, I, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to. I Sorry. No. I was going to say it's not always easy. Right. You know, that's right. like, like we're on different wavelengths sometimes yes. and there is no clear path to that right. wavelength where we can sort but that's of okay though right that's yes. that, that that part is okay the the the, the differencing i mean the, the the biggest challenge i have you know you, you look sometimes or and i'll, and I'll even use the, the presidential election election because you disagree you're 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 a bad person or you're it's that's that's not the case at all like you know you 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 can you can disagree you can have divergence of opinions, all of those things, and still reach that common ground, right? But when you vilify the other you, 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 the other party because they don't see things the way you see it, then you're getting further away from the center where you're trying to get to. We when when we start to feel threatened, yeah, which is what happens when when uh, what you just described happened when somebody vilifies me or I vilify them, all of a sudden we're feeling threatened we drop all the way down yeah, into yeah. our reptilian brain. And so we have to, we have to recognize that we need to be able to acknowledge the other person, yeah. 
yes. their validity, their experience, their fears, what's driving the, the behavior that we find really challenging. There, just because I can understand why people are doing doesn't mean I think it's right, doesn't mean I, I approve of certain behaviors, but it doesn't mean I have to vilify them as to, right. to use your perfect term. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Laura, what what are conversations uh, uh, with with I guess leaders that what, what are they like when you're sort of opening up this? For some, you know, it's a, it's a new concept, and some I'm, I'd imagine some right away go, yeah, that's it. Because I think what you're doing and doing and, and what, what the center is doing a very good job of is labeling something where to some might be innately natural to them, and they just do because that's their way of being. And others mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a concept. So I'm curious what those sort of conversations look like. Such a good question because there's um, there's a lot of divergence in the field right now, right. Right? right? Some people take this message in very naturally, as you said, and it's like, oh, I can be kind, I can be compassionate, I can be caring, I can listen deeply, I can show up courageously, I can do all the things I'm used to doing, and this is who I am, I am a compassionate leader. And then for many other leaders, it's very, very difficult to sort of feel the resonance with these concepts. It's like, wait a minute, I thought leaders were strong. I thought leaders had to be tough, you know, and it's not like these are mutually exclusive on any level. Compassionate leadership has been viewed as a soft skill traditionally, but now there really is this window to open it up. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's strong and compassionate at the same time. They're not two different islands here. Exactly. They're, they're not at all. And in fact, you know, if, if you, they, there are many classic examples, but if you think about the need to let people go, well, what's the easiest way to do it? You, you, send them, you, you send them a note to say, go to HR and you go out the door and, you know, you don't even make eye contact. Right? <laughs> how about calling Security somebody shows into up the, the office? Desk with your box, right? To clean your desk. Yeah. How right? about calling somebody into, into your office and saying, listen, this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I've had to, to let three people go and I can't believe I have, I, I'm having to let you go. And, and you recognize the, the pain that the other person is feeling. You acknowledge it. You let them know that you care about them and, and you still have to let them go. That's right. not easy. That's not a soft skill. That's, that is compassion. And you're going to be doing all of these things anyway. You're going to be going to the office and seeing people in the elevator. You can be compassionate or you can can be not compassionate. Right. You you, you got to have a hard uh, review after a project. You can be compassionate or you can be hard. And, and this is another um, great myth of compassion is that, that somehow if we're compassionate, people will settle or they'll be complacent. But the reality mm. is that compassion, and, and this is this is well been researched, well compassion is a much better motivator than judgment or punishment. It's true for ourselves when we're hard on ourselves. Yep. Self-compassion gets us going, and it's true with others. So, it's 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 not about whether you're you're 
going to settle or not. It's about whether we're being honest about what is real and saying it and naming it in non-judgmental ways, in ways that don't vilify the other. Right, right, so. right. You, you know, I, I, what I find interesting is that I'm sure if you sit down with people or and, and you ask them honestly, you know, tell me, you know, your 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 favorite you know, experience with a leader or a boss or maybe even a teacher or a coach or something, you know, and 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 you say, you know, if you had identify one situation or one individual, they would name that, and I bet you if you ask them what about them that you know what about them stood out in your mind for you, they'll name these qualities that we're talking about. Right. So it's, it's there. We appreciate it. We want it. We crave it. But for some reason, there's a missing connector in terms of how we display it. And that's kind of what I'm hearing in terms of for those that are struggling with it a little bit. Is that fair to say, Laura? Wow. I mean, you just nailed it. This disconnect. And it is not necessarily a, a disconnect deep inside of us. It's a disconnect between the heart and the head mm-hmm. that and our appreciation for the times and the societies that we live in and yeah. the norms that we're, we're programmed with. And it has just been brutal <laughs> for people to stand up and, you know, I guess I would do a Superman thing, like, look at my heart. I mean, how many people talk about love in organizations, unless it might be a spiritual organization, sure, let's say, sure. but, it, you know, in traditional, but it doesn't belong and, in business love. Are you kidding? Right. Where, where, where do they fit in? Right. That's the, that's the attitude. Yes. And the other piece of this is that the structures, the organizations, spiritual, religious, mm-hmm. that used to serve communities, small towns, families, the structures that used to provide us with the social support to feel wholly human before and to show up as a whole integrated person once upon a time, you know, all those things are sort of falling away in this modern age. And so the organization where we work often becomes the substitute sort of container for how we engage with each other in the world and seek more of that sort of relational feedback and security that Mm -hmm. we crave. So Mm -hmm. you're right. We all have it. We're just missing it. And where does it, where does it emerge in this time? Yeah. Again, like I think, you know, it's, and especially when we know, we recognize it. Like we, we really, you know, if you say to someone, you know, get, tell me your best teacher. Well, that teacher encouraged me. That teacher inspired me. That teacher gave me the confidence to think, you know, that to make me believe I, I could do it or whatever. And, and you would think naturally being on the receiving end of it, right? You're on the receiving end that you'd now be able to display that. And that's the piece that I've often, and I've thought about this before, just like, wow, why is that missing? Right? I don't know, Evan, if you got a, if you got the magic answer to this one or not, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I, I, I don't know that I have the magic answer, but, I, but I, I mean, I had that teacher. I remember in yes. eighth grade, a coach said to me, don't try to do it all. And he had looked at me, he knew me, he knew who I was, and he was giving me advice that was counter to what, you know, everybody was saying. It's like, just, just, just take it easy. You don't have to do everything. Just, just, yeah. and, and I still remember that 
But what I remember is he saw me. He heard me. He recognized my feelings. But I think that in, in organizations, we, we build these walls of protection. That, that, and, and, and I think that that, it, that is where compassionate leaders can make the biggest uh, impact. Everyone wants that human connection. People want to be seen. Yes, people want to be heard. I agree. And it is up to compassionate leaders to make the effort to make sure they are doing that. Right. And by the way, when you do that and you do it compassionately, as a leader, the, it, what research shows is that your team sees you as a human, more as a human than a, a leader. They see you as a human first and a boss second. Yeah, That has powerful impact for team dynamics, for, for people getting excited about their work, for living audaciously. If yes. you want your team to live audaciously, then see them, hear them, yeah. treat them like humans. Yeah. I, I'll just add to that, if I may, that this is a skill set that, as we said in the beginning, everyone has. It's yes. just been sort of buried yes. beneath the surface. So it's very trainable. It's very relatable. And as long as the leader sets the tone yeah. and gives permission yes. <laughs> for everybody to show up as a whole integrated human, yeah. then people will respond. It's Absolutely. just that we've been negated from our our, our own human nature mm -hmm. for lots of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, I agree. There there are multiple reasons why it doesn't happen, whether it be the culture of the organization, the you know, the, the, that person's own individual beliefs, what they understand or how they think they should uh, uh, show up in the world. I mean, there's a bunch of, there's not just one. So I agree that there's a whole bunch of things going on. So it leads me to the question then uh the starting point so i've come in i'm i'm this leader with this blank slate and i i, I don't know where to start and i say hey, hey laura what do i do where do i start yeah. where do i go yeah we start with ourselves we start from the inside out mm. and that often is the hardest light to shine like how do I need to show up? How do I give myself care and kindness? I've got this inner critic that's yes. really good at telling you yes, what yeah, yeah. work I it's am. It's got me this far, right? <laughs> In fact, that's really true. People think that the harder they are on themselves, the farther they will go. And as Evan pointed out, the shaming, the blaming, it doesn't work long term. So yeah, you might have gotten to the, the peak of the mountain, but you may be exhausted. You may be overwhelmed. Yeah. You may be. <laughs> At what cost is a question, right? right. At what cost exactly. it got you there? Sometimes exactly. it's not the, 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 the summit, if you will, right? It's that journey up that summit, up to the top. And so. the beauty of the beauty of, well, there are two things about the self-compassion. One is whatever we haven't dealt with, um, we're going to project yeah. it onto our team. Yeah. You know, like they say, poop rolls downhill. So if you want, if you want your team to be covered up in your own challenges, don't deal with them, push them down and ignore them because you're going to be putting that burden on everybody else's back. Yes, yes, yes. The other thing is people think, ah, tell me what to do. I mean, where do I go? What, what, what is out there? It's not out there. Right. It's, right. it's all right here. Right. Right now. Right. And right. it's easy 
it's easy to feel like you're living audaciously when you get that promotion, when everything's going right, when the sky is blue and the birds are singing. But you know what? You can live just as audaciously. You can lead just yes, as powerfully can. when you're doing your tax returns or grocery shopping. Yes. It's it's all right here. It's it's not out there. So in in as Laura said, we 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 suggest that leaders start with themselves or else they're they're probably not going to get very far. You're absolutely right. Now, I'll also say, you know, Evan, the, the branding department's really happy that you throw the word audacious as much as you have there. They're really pleased. So thank you uh, for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's all connected. It, it is. It absolutely is. all all connected. And, 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 and that's, I mean, what you call living audaciously is this, everyone wants that. This is what yeah. everyone hungers yeah. for. It's, yeah. it's universal. And when we can recognize that we can connect with each other. Yeah. You know, you know, w- w- one of the themes uh, that we oftentimes end up discussing on this podcast is around that, that, you know, what, what that audacious living, the impact it has on other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and sometimes, and sometimes I might be just doing it for myself. So I've got to take this risk. I've got to take this chance, but when others can see that, and you can inspire them to maybe do the same or take a bold risk of their own. And so there, there, there are benefits on both sides of living this way, this audacious way of life that we oftentimes talk about here. And, and, and just to circle back, and I know we've already said this, but when leaders can take the risk and open up themselves and show, look, I'm human. I make mistakes. The message the team gets is, okay. Mm-hmm. It's we can try. We can. It's safe for us yeah. to go out there and put our necks on the line because he's he's got our back because yeah. he's got his own back. That's right. So, That's right. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. I, I know. I know. We, we've, we've we've probably sort of touched and glossed on it, but I specifically uh, wanted to talk about why this is important uh, for, for organizations, Laura. And maybe you can sort of talk about maybe the benefits of why this approach, this heart centered approach where we're, 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 we're thinking about others first and, you know, putting ourselves in, you know, giving the why we either we're giving the benefit of the doubt or just thinking about others, why this is beneficial for organizations. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a short answer, and then I'm going to pass it over Evan to give you a more uh, detailed accounting, the beautiful benefits of of infusing safety, connection, and belonging into companies. But right now, as we're at this juncture of going back to work, so to speak, this gray area, are we working at home? Are we going to the office? You know, we have this massive departure from people leaving their organizational jobs. And organizations are on some level desperate to really figure out how to create environments where people are welcome, not just as their hard-pressed, overstressed work self, But as a human being that can live a thriving life in in their personal life as Mm -hmm. well as their work life. Mm -hmm. So in some sort of selfish way thinking, organizations really have to change their tune to keep employees happy and to attract new employees. And that is an urgent call for many organizations right now. 
is that a difficult conversation to get employer um, organizations to understand that? Um, you took a big sigh there. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's not a single answer because some, as Laura said, some people get this get this intuitively and others yes, don't. Yes. When people come to this and they view this as one more task I have to do, one more program I have to layer on. Yes. It's a hard conversation to have. Right. right. But that's not what it's about because it's it's about trying to shift the way you think to becoming more humanitarian, more connectional. And so in, in, in that way, people who are open to that, it, it can be quite easy yeah. uh, because, because and, and to answer your question, why does it matter? I mean, I want to answer it two ways because okay. the, 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 the first way is it matters because this is what we do as human beings. It's the right thing to do. And I, I think we have, we have to, at the Center for Compassionate Leadership, we have to start from that or otherwise it becomes a, a program of manipulation, manipulating. We're going we're gonna to bring this program in and your people are going to produce more. We're going to be able to extract more from it. And it's not about that. It cannot be about that or it, it will be guaranteed to right. fail. Right. When you do it, because it's the right thing to do, employees are happier. They stay longer. You have lower turnover. Customers are happier. Um, teams show more creativity which lead to greater levels of um, competitive advantage. Uh, for people who are interested in this, there's a, there's a very important uh, book called Awakening Compassionate Work. And there's an entire chapter devoted to the research here, which is very compelling. Um, but but it, it can, it, the, 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 the beneficial outcomes to the organization are voluminous, it's, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, you know, you, and you think of the benefits that we create an environment of trust, uh, of, of caring, of, of all these things that promote positive impacts that help organizations and companies. So I'm glad I'm glad you sort of touched on some of those points. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's if there's something that you have upcoming or uh, future initiatives, please, please, please share. Thank you. We have uh, two programs this fall to train leaders to okay. work on development to do that in community because we can't do it alone. So one of the programs is targeted to global health leaders and the other is for a cross-disciplinary group in general organizations and nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in the beginning of the month of September, we have one of our community events, which is a free global gathering. Okay. Um, our guest speaker and uh, practice leader this month will be Kristen Neff, okay. who is an incredible author, academic, and really the pioneer who defined what, what is self-compassion from a, a, an evidence-based point of view. So we're yes. very delighted to welcome the community in. And if- She recently um, wrote a book, did she not? Just really she something. Did. It's yes. fabulous. Yes, all good. Fierce self-compassion. Yes. yes. Fierce. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's an important message. Like it shows it reinforces why self-compassion matters. So um, that's amazing. That's oh, right. Fabulous. It, it, and it's beautiful because it 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 takes the uh, the point that there's the nurturing self-compassion and there is the fierce self-compassion. And yeah. and it's the same in compassion as well. 
We've got the nurturing, caring, compassion. But if we're going to change the world, if we're going to address issues of social justice, we need courageous compassion because we need to change the we need to change the systems that are creating the suffering in the world. And in in her book, Fierce Self Compassion, just you know summarizes that beautifully. Highly recommend it. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, I'm really happy to have had this conversation with you today. Um, uh, fundamentally because it's something I truly believe in. Uh, so it's nice to, to sit down with like-minded individuals and, 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 and reinforce our beliefs and thinking, but also to, I'm really happy to know that this work is happening, uh, in, in a very deliberate manner that the two of you are doing it in. Um, uh, I, I, I think, because for, for a long time, it was, there was a gap, right? There are gaps for a long time. And, and so much even you know, on this podcast, it was on, it's on the basis of sort of promoting that message that, you know, there are ways of doing things. In fact, at the very end of every episode, I, I encourage you to stay healthy, stay safe, show love, be compassionate, be audacious. Like that's, 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 that's a very much a theme of what we do here because we truly believe that to be. So to, to know that there's work out there, very deliberate work happening, I'm thrilled. I got to tell you, I'm thrilled. I love what I'm hearing. So thank you both. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. This has been a joy, a pleasure, a spark. I mean, yes. you know, it is only by relating to each other that we inspire each other and can show up as our best selves, as you we said. Do. Yes. We and do. thank you for, for the for the work that you are doing, as yeah. you just described it, because it is rippling out into the world. Yeah, no, thank I appreciate it. You know, it's coming from the uh the heart and it's it's, it's authentic, absolutely. Um it's 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 you know it, <laughs> last December when the pandemic started, there was a gap, there's a void. And I thought, well, what, you know, what is there, you know, what can I do? How can I contribute? What do I have with that's in me to give? And uh, all of those things are the foundational elements of what compassion it is. And even to take the word leadership out of the equation for a moment, you know, Evan, you spoke earlier about it's the right thing to do. It, it it is. It just really is. So uh, I, I'm happy to be able to have my platform. I'm happy to have, to know that uh, you have yours. If for our listeners that want to learn more about the work of the Center of the Compassionate Leadership, you know, w- where could we send them? Thank you. the um, The center's website is at centerforcompassionateleadership.org. We're a nonprofit. Um, we'd love people to join our community, sign up for the newsletter. On most social platforms, we're at Being Compassion on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And you can find us on LinkedIn, where we have a lot of rich, juicy conversations with the community and people who are curious, like, what is this compassionate leadership? Thing? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's amazing. That's that's so amazing. <laughs> Listen, I, I again appreciate uh, the time. Thank you for being here. I'm glad that we, we had this opportunity to connect and share in this fashion. And I would uh, encourage you to keep up the tremendous work. It's it's so valued and, and needed, and there's a definitely a place for it. And uh, not in a, in a greater society as we grow, uh, evolve, and develop. So thank you so so much. Thank you. Thank you. Back we are here on the podcast, and I first off want to commend uh, Laura and Evan uh, for being here. Thank you for being here, and thank you for leading the charge on this very 
important work in the field of compassion leadership. Uh, and I think as it continues to be elevated, as time continues to go on, the realization of the importance of compassion from a connection standpoint will become more and more apparent apparent, particularly in the, in, the, in the context of leadership. And I'd encourage you uh, to keep pressing forward and hitting home, you know, again, those very important messages. You know, Laura and Evan left us with much to think about, but I think if there's one thing I take away from this conversation, it would be this. The pressures facing our society brought on by the pandemic has led to increased depression, higher than normal un uh, unemployment rates, uh, civil and political unrest uh, were divided in ways like we've never, ever seen before. As our spirits continue to be tested, it's, it's apparent now than ever before that we need to demonstrate compassion towards one another in order to successfully move us forward as a collective. By using compassion, Leaders have a tremendous opportunity to create stronger connections between people, improve collaboration, raise levels of trust, all while, all while building cultures of safety where we feel like we belong. Compassion is a primary vehicle to get us there, and it's on us to take the first step. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com. Uh, and all you've got to do is enter in your e email address and uh, you'll immediately be on the list. And every time uh, new content comes out, uh, you will be alerted. Uh, as always, uh, I send a, send a big shout out to our listeners as we, as we come to the end of an episode. I thank you so much uh, for being here on the audacious living podcast uh the you know lovers of audaciousness thank you as well you are an amazing group and uh your encouragement and support i'm going to say the tremendous support uh is really really appreciated and that helps keeps us going so thank you for doing that until next time stay safe be kind show love to one another and be audacious You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.